following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I have a non-sports question right off the bat. What's up? When your house loses power, is it okay to take a shower or use the toilet? Because I ran into that this morning, and I haven't showered since yesterday because I just threw on some clothes and went to work. The power went out at about 2.30, and I get up at 3. Well, flushing the toilet, yeah. That has no electricity to it. A shower, it might be affected with your water heater. Okay, and I didn't know when that was going to turn back on for the girls. But so you might have had enough hot water already stored up to use. five minutes or something. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't even bother. So if I'm a little gamey tonight oh. here in Studio B, I apologize. That's all right. I splashed some cologne on and that was it. I so. can't smell anything anyway. It's that time of year. I know. We're, we're both... Wake up in the, I wake up in the morning and it's like a cat shit in my mouth. It's awful. Wait a minute. What? Can't breathe. It smells... The, how do you... Wait a minute. I... Can't breathe, man. That's a whole fine, but that's a whole bunch of imagery that I don't even know how to digest. Yeah, I'm walking around my house like Napoleon Dynamite, just mouth breathing my ass off. <sighs> Sucks. What a way to start the intentional foul for this week. Welcome to another edition. My humidifier took a shit. It's drier than a pig's ass in here. It's awful. I hate the, the, the dry weather with the sinus pressure that that stuff brings. That is murder. Yeah. Sinus headaches are awful. So yeah, this is this is great. We're off to a great start. Which um, <laughs> the way your attitude is reflected in your Bears notes, I think that'll segue nicely. But uh, stick we got, a fork in them. Got a lot to cover. Uh, actually, no, not really. The Packers had a bye. We'll run over the Bears. The look at the playoff picture preview the next week in the NFL. Uh, Badger football, which now is setting up very nicely for a big game at the end of the season. Um, before the uh, potential Big Ten uh, championship appearance. College hoops, big one on Sunday at the Kohl Center in with the two of the in-state teams. And then the Bucks they play tonight as we record this on Monday evening. Uh, the Bulls, second time in five days. Last time they uh, had a nine-point victory over in Milwaukee. Now they're down at the United Center. So what time is it? we got to get you out of here by the time the Bucks tip off. So let's get to it and start with the painful Chicago Bears. Oof. I watched. I watched a little bit. We, we were coming home from Minnesota last night, so I was pretty well dead. And uh, when I got home, unpacking, and but I, I managed to see uh, a little bit of it. But man, the Bears' offense is just absolutely god fucking awful. It does. It it's not a professional offense. No. So I guess I mean, and there there's a lot. And I haven't even looked at your notes, so I mean, we can segue into some of that stuff. But I mean, right off the bat, I guess I'm just wondering, like, and, and it's the same stuff we've been talking about and wondering for a while. Is Matt Nagy a great offensive guru slash coach? Is he a quarterback's guy who is just not able to coach Trubisky, who may or may not be any good? Are they going to have any offensive weapons in the next two, three years at all? that can do anything, is the offensive line ever going to get redone? And if you're on the defense, aren't you getting a little bit tired of carrying the team Yeah, I would think every so. series of would, every game? I would think so. I mean, the pressure on, that has got, on them has got to be immense. They probably know, hey, we can't let them go because we can't score. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's... You know, if a, a Bear fan and has re- ever read or read anything or watched anything about the '85 Bears, um, the defense hated the offense because other than Walter Payton, they had nothing. And um, it's kind of this. I mean, obviously, this team doesn't have anybody the caliber of Walter Payton, but the defense. No. You know, again, last night they give up 17 points on the road to the defending NFC champions, and you lose um, seven points out of your offense for the Bears. Uh, it's pathetic. Um, it's killed them all year. You know, and I, I, as I was watching this last night, and I'm seeing, I, I paid a little bit more attention last night to um, some of the play calls 
and and where they were called on the field, what down they were called on, and it really, really reminded me of the Alex Smith-led Chiefs from about four years ago. Okay, where he, you know, his job was to throw for two ten, a touchdown or two, just don't turn it over and run the ball effectively. That was kind of the the mo, and that's where Nagy came from. He was that was the offense that they were running when he was in Kansas City, and it it seems like they have kind of tried to implement that this year. Last year, the Bears were a little more gimmicky and trickery, especially when they got into the red zone. You saw some uh, tackle-eligible plays. You saw some double reverses and halfback pass and all that kind of stuff. Not so much of that this year. It's like they're trying to run this Alex Smith-style offense, and Alex Smith isn't an an upper echelon quarterback, but he was a good, solid player. Trubisky's not. No. Um, third game in a row now, under 200 yards passing. Right. Um, and he had a fair amount of completions. I yeah. mean, they, they averaged per play 3.6 yards last night. That's yes. And they ran, what did, they, what did I read this morning, 22 more plays yes. than L.A. They, um, he has four games he started this year where he has not thrown a touchdown. He has last night where he's thrown one touchdown. If you've got Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott, you can probably get away with that. Right. But they don't have that. No, and, you know, there's... Last night was was um really, really painted the big picture of what was wrong with the Bears. Trubisky, and rightfully so, is getting the lion's share of the blame because he's at the most important position. We all know that. Nagy's getting a lot of the blame because he's the guy that's calling the plays. But, you know, last night, the line play is a disaster. They can't block. He's Trubisky's constantly under pressure. They cannot run the ball effectively. They had 23 carries for 74 yards, and I think Tariq Cohen had like a 17-yard carry in there. <laughs> so really, you're talking about 22 carries for, I don't know, what, 60 yards? Yep. About three yards a carry, which is not good. You got the uh, the receivers were dropping balls last night. Um, the play calling, you know, you're getting these third and longs. They're throwing these three-yard bubble screens, bubble screens to Tariq Cohen. It's like, what are you expecting to happen it's here? Like, it's like you're forfeiting third down. You really are. Yeah. You're trying to play the field position game with right. your defense, but you have an offense that can't move the ball. It, it seems like m- more and more, and, and just when you bring that up, and, and we see, I see this with the Packers and a little bit with the Badgers, I think so many teams are so afraid and so freaked out about potentially turning the yes, ball over yes. and passing downfield to try and get these these third and longs that they just basically say, well, we're going to take the safe approach, and if we bust one, we bust one, but we're not taking any chances. Same, so basically you've got two downs yes. to get to third and short. The same thing happened in the late game yesterday afternoon when I was watching the Patriots and the Eagles, and the Eagles are down you know, early fourth quarter or whatever, and they're kind of pinned back, and they run like a dr- two draw plays and a bubble screen inside their own 15, and then they punt the ball, and Romo's like, well, you know, the fans don't like it, but that's the right way to run that series because you don't want to turn it over. And it's like, dude, you, you can't you can't play you like can't that. win if you have less points. You, 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 I, I, this you, isn't really hard. It's you, just math. You can't play afraid. No. You can't. You cannot. Um. The Bears really, like, like I said, yesterday was kind of a, a, a microcosm of the whole season, but Ryan Pace, the general manager, it, it's time for him to get called on the carpet. Um, he's the one that that sold the franchise on Trubisky. I read an article on Twitter the other day. I think it might have even been posted by Lauren Cox, who mm-hmm. we talked to a couple weeks ago. I think it was actually. It was an article that was written in the Tribune, I believe, that kind of detailed what what Ryan Pace went through and why they drafted Trubisky, and all of the things that Pace loved about Trubisky. None of them have showed up in the pros. His accuracy, his athleticism, his uh, leadership—all of those things that Ryan Pace fell in love with—have right. not showed up in transition to the pro level, and. You had a guy in John Fox who was the coach at the time who was begging them to draft Deshaun Watson. Begging them. Obviously, John Fox 
fired. They bring in Matt Nagy, and and on it goes. But not only is that a mistake, you 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 have no tight end. No, Burton's on Bur- IR. Burton is constantly hurt, and. Adam Shaheen, was... who you use like a third round draft pick on from a no name yep. NAIA college, he can't play. He's no good. So that was a wasted pick. Um, Who's the other guy? Is it Broniker? Broniker, yeah. Who the hell is that? I, I, I mean, him and Big Bob Tanyan could walk in hey, here right now, and I wouldn't on. know. I wouldn't know either. Well, of them. I wouldn't know either one of them either. Um, the line has been a disaster. Yeah, you know, Kyle Long's hurt. Been hurt most of the year. Bobby Massey gets hurt last night. They got the white-haired Daniels thing where they can't decide on who's the center and who's the guard. They have so many holes offensively. And and the last one is they really screwed up letting trading Jordan Howard. For sure. Because he was your durable workhorse yes, guy. They Montgomery's all right. He might be good in a couple years, but they don't really you know, with the line being as bad as it is and the play calling being suspect, he hasn't really had a chance to shine. But Jordan Howard was that guy and, and still is. He gets those three, four hard yards early in the downs. So instead of always being second and nine, you're second and five, second and six. And your play calling, you can get a little more free with it, take some chances. Um, I don't know, man. This team is is really... Kind of at a crossroads. I mean, Trubisky last night for the last series gets taken out. I thought that was interesting because he said, it said in the article that I read today, he got hurt on the last series of the first half, but he didn't get pulled until the fourth quarter. Correct. So he played all this time hurt, and what it sounded like is that it was reported that way, but Nagy didn't know about the injury? Yeah, and I've heard two. I've heard both ways. I've heard that he didn't know about the injury, which to me is like, what a breakdown in communication when you don't even know that your starting quarterback is injured. He's the guy on the field, the player that you talk to the most. I don't know if that's more disturbing or the fact that if he was hurt, you ran him out there in the second half. Um, now, they're calling it a hip pointer yeah. injury, which, I mean, whatever. okay. Um, I think, though, that, you know, I think most Bear fans are... are are kind of ready for the Mitch Trubisky experiment to be over. I would agree. Or at least you have to, this offseason, you have to go out and get another quarterback that's going to be able to com- at least compete for the job. I'm not saying you got to go out and sign Cam Newton, but maybe you, you know, maybe you take a chance on a Bridgewater. We talked about, you know, maybe you draft somebody in the second, third round. You know, maybe you go out and get a young Somebody's young backup like San Francisco did with Garoppolo a couple of years ago. But, you know, Chase Daniel obviously is not the answer. He's been in the league 11 years. He's got seven touchdown passes. I mean, come on. <laughs> so they, this this has been this entire season has been an unmitigated disaster. Um, I mean, even Khalil Mack last night. No hurries. No tackles. No, no, tackles, no, sacks. no sacks. Might as well have stayed in Chicago. No, granted, he's getting double teamed. I get it, but you know you're paying him a lot of money, yep. and you're not getting any production. Nope. So I don't know. I, I I'm just curious as who's going to take the fall for this. Is it going to be Trubisky? Is it going to be Nagy? Or is it going to be Ryan Pace? It's got to be one of the three. It's either your GM, your coach, or your quarterback. There's nobody else to take the fall. I mean, they can fire their offensive coordinator, but what difference does it make? Nagy calls the plays. Well, I, to me and. An indictment of the quarterback taking the fall would be the general manager. Yes, I agree. So both of them, I mean, if, and if your head coach is basically saddled with what your general manager gives them, I mean, granted, it always falls on the head coach, but when I'm looking at the hierarchy, the court, the guy who's responsible for the quarterback is the GM initially. Yes. Then it's the head coach's job and the rest of the staff to coach him. So, I mean, you can make an argument, it's all three of them. You drafted a, a bum guy. The coach isn't good enough to coach him up, so he sucks. So now everybody on down is responsible. Now, you're not going to completely clean house and get rid of all three of no. them. I understand that. Right. But you could make a case that all of them are responsible. Yeah, and, and the coach him up part is easy to say from our seat. I'm sure. It's not that easy. No, of course. You know, um, I just think it gets to a point where we're, when does a general manager, you know, how, how many how many kicks at the can do you give them? Because if you couldn't evaluate 
Mahomes and Watson over Trubisky, which which seems to be very, very obvious. And egregious. What, what makes you think now, next year, you, can do, you can do a better right. job of evaluating the quarterback talent? Right. I certainly don't feel that way. And 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 the last thing we will end on, you know, these these NFL coaches that that also want to be the play caller, mm. it's a very very rare occasion that it works. Mm-hmm. McCarthy, it worked early on. It's like the coach who wants to be yes. GM. It worked early on. Belichick, it works because he's the goat, but. Most of the time, and you're right, the, the the coach GM thing is a good parallel to that. It's too much, you know. When when you're when you're when you have a football team like the Bears that's constantly making stupid mistakes, bad penalties, you know, ten men on the field, twelve men on the field, whatever. That's where, as a head coach, you got to take a step back and be like, I'm missing the details. Yeah, I'm. I'm not looking. I'm looking at this little picture when I really need to be seeing the big picture. Don't you think everybody's though too hard headed and too confident in themselves oh, to actually sure. be so because to, it shows self realized. It's, it's almost like it shows a sign of weakness. Right. That exactly. I, I couldn't. Well, I, can. I couldn't do all of this. Right. I have to take a step back. And they're afraid. And of it's the, going to affect me at my next job or, because I'm right. going to get fired. The here. GM would say like, "Well, if you can't handle that, what did I hire you for?" Right. Or then you get a, your next interview like, "Well, if you couldn't handle it there, why?" Why can you handle it here? I wonder how much that plays into a coach that just they're thinking about their next job as much as they are thinking about their current job because these guys all know, with the exception of like Tomlin, Belichick, and maybe John Harbaugh, they're all on borrowed time. I don't know. I don't know. McCarthy said he got he wasn't thinking about anything else. Well, and, and that to me is a little bit of ignorance, but. Um, but do you want to do something in your current job that can be held against you down the road? Do you want to be the guy that gives up the play calling? See, I would look at it as a good thing. Like, hey, he realized it was too much. I respect that. I don't look at it as a weakness. Right. But I can see where somebody might. You'd be like, what do I need you for then? Right. But to me, that's a sign of a coach's delegation. You you put the people in the best position that is going to do the best for your team. And if that's handing the play calling duties off to somebody else, then that's fine. I can go do something else. I can coach position group. Or yeah. I can, you know, I can do whatever. Just keep me in the loop. Right. I mean, you see a lot of these guys on Saturdays for college, they don't call the plays. No. What do they do? They don't call the defenses. They don't call the offenses. Shit. They, they just get everything run through them, and then they just scream all the Bobby, time. Bobby Bowden used to just drive around on a golf cart. Right. So yeah, I had that dead gum. That was a nice throw. So I mean, that, that that type of stuff exists. That doesn't mean you can't be a figurehead and just control everything. Just make sure you're in the loop on it all. I would think it would be a better way, if, really. To I would think you would want to be that way as a as a head coach, where you're more of the CEO as opposed to the manager of a department. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. I, I don't know. No, no, that's good. That's so right. yeah, right. so. Just play the string out these last six games, lose them all, go four and twelve and or five and eleven, whatever the hell it would be, and uh-huh. let's just hope to get a top ten pick. All right, who do they got? Uh, New York Giants, I think mm, two wins boy. in 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 Chicago, I think on Sunday. Might staple my eyes shut for that one. <laughs> Packers were on the bye. They got flexed against Forty ers coming up on Sunday to a night game. It was going to be a late afternoon, and I. They're making a big deal about this now because of the way that it transpired and went down last time is that instead of leaving on Friday, they're going to leave on Saturday because they spent a little bit too much time in L.A. And then they said, you know, because the Packers defense is weed happy and their receivers are weed happy and their linemen are beer happy or what? Passive aggressively (laughs) being called out by numerous people of saying that they had a little bit too much fun and not enough focus. California so, love. So now they're going to go back to Cali this mm-hmm. time in San Francisco, and they don't want anybody having a little too much free time well, on their hands. look, here's what I would do if I were LaFleur. I would say to Aaron Rodgers, I would say, listen, we're going back to your home turf. Let's see if your mom and dad will cook up a nice bar. Oh, oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. Really? Sorry. I, I forgot. He no talkie to them anymore. I bet that actually, I bet LaFleur probably doesn't know enough about him that he would actually do that. Hey, Aaron, do you think your mom could cook uh, us up a big spread? And then, who? And then you see who? Roger just stare at him. Yeah, who? Like, what are you talking about? Be like, I got to call my state farm guy about this. I don't I don't know how to answer. Got to make another commercial. <laughs> um, This is 
basically right now for the number one seed. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, this is, granted, you got six games left. This is a big one. It's a big one, yeah. Right here. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, San Francisco's defense looks looks pretty good. Well, if you lose, if it's, it's probably bigger for the Packers than the Niners, truthfully, because if the Packers lose, you're two back, and you have lost to these guys, mm-hmm. where if the Niners lose, you're at least tied. You you don't have the tiebreaker, but you're at least tied. Right. Um, but yeah, this this will be an interesting one. Uh, the 49ers the last couple weeks yeah, haven't they, looked great. They had to rally and beat the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, and the Cardinals for whatever reason, and you know this happens sometimes. They've given the Niners two tough games in like what the last month. So there's matchup things there that maybe don't work as much in the Niners' favor. But I mean. I would think they're they're kind of ripe for the picking for Green Bay right now, especially the Packers coming off of a bye. You would think that having two weeks to prepare for these guys would certainly be an advantage. Elsewhere in the division, you had uh, the Vikings down twenty to nothing, and they rally and beat the Broncos. Which, I mean, in Minnesota, that that should not have happened. They said yeah, Denver has blown six fourth quarter leads this year. I mean, the Heat obviously can't be on Fangio already, but that's embarrassing. Well, yeah, it just shows that you have no quarterback play. Right. You know, you can get the lead, but you can't hang on to it. And then the uh, Matt Stafford's going to be out for a little more time. So Jeff Driscoll starts, and Dak throws for over 440 yards, and, and the Cowboys beat the Lions. I mean, the Lions, you know. They're done. Yeah. Yeah, they're done. Absolutely. Yeah. Remember, they started out, and you were like, okay, you know, maybe something, but. It's the Lions. It's the Lions. At the end of the day, it's the Lions. It's the Lions, yes. All right, Ravens trounced the Texans. A lot of people thought that was going to be a pretty good game with uh, with a battle of pretty good quarterbacks, but right now, I mean, obviously, Lamar Jackson is your is your MVP front runner. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I'd give him the nudge over Wilson right now. I mean, you know, Wilson's in the tougher division, in the tougher conference, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, so much of this is about narrative. And the Ravens have been dominant they have they've been they've been kicking the hell out of everybody and did you see that blown pass interference call in the first quarter of yes. that game what the hell is going on who who was it that came out Hopkins. today that said that, that said we need somebody else to be be deciding what pass interference i mean al riveron's asleep at the wheel or else the referee union has just flat out said we're not we're not doing this right we're not doing it i'm not surprised i wouldn't be surprised if that's the case either and if the nfl allows that and bows down to to those to a bunch of math teachers well then they get what they deserve absolutely you know don't don't disagree um panthers had a little bit of a rough day uh i think the quarterback threw four picks and the falcons second straight week they have pasted somebody how are you one in seven going into last week if you're atlanta and now two weeks in a row you haven't even given up a touchdown how does that happen i don't know what did I see? Matt Ryan has now moved into the top 10, or he's 11th or something in all-time passing yards. So he's passed Matt Stafford for most irrelevant <laughs> stats of all time. <laughs> Nothing like Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan's a great fantasy player oh, because for sure. they're always losing in the second half, and, so and, he just and chucks he's got it all over. Right. And he's got Julio to throw to. Uh, the Colts bounce back nicely. They beat the Jaguars by mm, 20. Big loss for them, though. Marlon Mack, broken hand, oh, probably yeah, out a month or more. That. That's bad news for them. Uh, Bills beat up on the Dolphins. Not really surprised there. Um, Saints with a little bit of payback against the Buccaneers from that was the opening week, right? I think so. That yeah. Tampa Bay went into New Orleans and beat the piss out of them. Um, Jets over the Redskins. Yuck. Already talked about the 49ers and the Cardinals. Patriots with a touchdown win over the Eagles. And, Boy, I watched almost that whole game. Yeah. It was. Not entertaining. It didn't seem like it. No. I, wa- I watched about 10 or 15 minutes, and I, I was like, this doesn't seem... Man, it was a lot. Couldn't keep my attention. A lot of Tom Brady throwing at people's feet. I mean, he it just, like, two seconds in his head, and the ball's coming out. Really? He is not trying to get tackled if he can if he can help it. And he looked pretty bad yesterday, but right. I don't know. I don't know what that means for them going forward. Bengals still have not won. They lose to the Raiders by a touchdown as well. And then tonight you've got the uh, Chiefs and the Chargers. I be- that's in Mexico City, right? Yes. I believe. Yes. Okay, so. Uh, just another stadium where the Chargers will have no fans. <laughs> that that stadium with, I mean, you watching last night and, like, you can't, there's, there, it's dead. Yeah. It's dead. 
And they think this this new place is going to draw so many people and be such a great home field for both of these teams when you can't even fill a, a stadium that's going to be what? Probably a quarter of that capacity? Right. Full of your own fans? It's pathetic. It's ridiculous. Yeah. In the num- number one market? Number two market? I don't know who's number one, New York or L.A., but still. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that? They just don't care? There's no connection. I don't, you I know? Don't, I, I don't know. It's it's bizarre. I feel bad for Phil Rivers, though. It's a shitty way to end a pretty, pretty you know, he's not going to win a Super Bowl, but the guy's probably going to make the Hall of Fame. He's had a pretty damn good career, and, you know, you spend your last couple of years basically in NFL purgatory. Right. You know, playing where nobody cares. It's too bad. All right, you want to go through the playoff picture? Yeah, AFC uh, still got the Pats on top at nine and one. Uh, Baltimore eight and two. Indy is tied with Houston uh, at six and four, but um, has the head to head over them so far. KC at six and four. So those are your division leaders. Buffalo comes in seven and three as your top wild card, and uh, Houston and Oakland both sit at six and four. Pittsburgh and Tennessee five and five. Uh, NFC, as we said, Niners nine and one. Packers and Saints come in at eight and two, and the Cowboys lead the NFC East at six and four. Seattle eight and two, your top wild card. Minnesota eight and three, and then you've got a pretty good drop off after that. The the Rams at six and four, and Carolina and Philadelphia sit at five and five. So um, you've pretty much got the NFC playoff picture set, with really the exception of who's going to win the East between Dallas and Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really foresee anything happening with the other five teams, barring some kind of catastrophic quarterback injury. So, um, did you want to hit this Kaepernick thing at all? I mean, I, I don't really if I, care. I, see, and I, I, I read something, and I followed somebody on Twitter, and, and it wasn't even about Kaepernick, but I thought it was really interesting because, I mean, in my profession, you have choices on what you have to talk about or report on or bring light to. And I purposely don't do anything like this. One, because I don't care. And two, I just think it's way overblown. And honestly, I'm not sure what to think about it. So I I, I just don't even mess with it for stuff like this. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So it's like I read a lot of the of both sides and I follow people on Twitter that that have, you know, um, skin in the game on, on either side. And I guess I just don't know where to fall. So I guess what I've always thought was that I think his skills regressed and he just didn't have enough to be a starting quarterback for anybody, which is amazing when you see the quality of guys that are out there on some of these teams. I'm sure he would be a, a very good, competent backup. I mean, right now... Minus everything else in the hoopla and the circus that comes with it, I'd take him over Tim Boyle, backing up Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure on the Bears, take everything else out of it. You'd take him as your backup over Mitch Trubisky if it would give you a chance to at least be competitive in a game, mm-hmm. you know, if your starter goes out. So to that extent, okay, fine. He can play in the league. To what degree, I'm not really sure. But I, this whole power struggle and, I mean, from what I read, the NFL kind of dicked him over in that the normal NFL tryout day is Tuesday. They specifically set this for him on a Saturday when most teams are getting ready for their games and some scouts likely couldn't come. Um, they didn't have everybody in the league come, but they had a majority of them come. Then the media was not going to be allowed. Kaepernick didn't like that, so he decided to change the location at the last minute because he didn't want the league controlling the narrative and controlling the type of information that came out. So then a majority of the scouts didn't want to drive an hour to the location that he held it at, and then he basically went through a workout. And I heard a lot of people, well, see, he's not that good. He's just throwing the air. Every quarterback goes through the same stuff at the collegiate level. It's the same workout. You could say the same thing about everybody else. So don't don't try and pepper me with that. So there's just so much left and right jaw jacket at each other when I think it just comes down to the simple fact that I just don't think he's a quality NFL starting quarterback anymore. And that's just where I sit. So I'm not going to give it my attention. Fair, fair. <clears throat> um 
I don't care if he's in the league or not in the league. I don't care. No, I don't either. It's just another player to yeah, me. Totally. Um, you know, I listened to and read a few things today, like you did. Um, Stephen A. Smith kind of went on a rant the other day. And no, then, and then wait, it, what? You know, anti Kaepernick. And then him and Kellerman kind of got into it today because Max Kellerman, who who has been just dying to be accepted by black people since the mid nineties, had to go full woke and and try to take go the pro Kaepernick side. But Jason Whitlock is very anti. He is very well. anti Kaepernick as well. And you know, I kind of fall more towards what Stephen A. was talking about today with like, you know, um, and you and you said you said the words. 100% perfectly. Kaepernick didn't like the NFL controlling the narrative. Yep. That's what this is. This isn't about whether or not Colin Kaepernick is good enough to play football anymore. I don't believe. Because he always has been good enough to be on an NFL roster. Andrew Brandt said it perfectly on Twitter. Kaepernick could have scheduled one of these workouts anytime that he wanted to. Yep. You can hold a workout anytime. You don't need the league's permission to hold a workout. Correct. You just let your agent know, I want to work out. The agent contacts the teams. Here's where we're going to be. Here's what we're going to do. The But everybody thinks that now Kaepernick owes the league something, and I think that's what they wanted him to feel. Well, we're doing yeah. you a favor by setting this up. I think there are some people that, that would go that route. But, you know, the, the, the changing of the location... And you say, well, they there was only an hour away, and scouts didn't want to drive. Well, have you ever been in Atlanta traffic? No, it's, it's I a disaster. Okay. It takes longer than an hour. It's a three-hour drive to get Two, one hour. Okay, um, you know the the wearing of the Kunta Kinte slave shirt. Don't need it. What do you? Okay, don't so need it. So you're 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 pandering to your crowd. You know that every. And uh, you have basically called every NFL owner a slave master, and you're going to wear a shirt depicting the most famous television slave of all time. Which tells me again, this isn't about. It's not football. about football. But here, but let's let's make it about football. Okay, let's say he goes to that and he has a good workout, and everybody's impressed, and say, "Oh, okay, well that that's interesting." If if you're a team, what what is what is the upside? to signing him, okay? And, and I was thinking about this today. Let's take a team like the Bengals, right? They're 0-10. Dalton's not coming back. So let's say they say for the last – the guy that's quarterbacking him now, he's not in their future, who, whoever the hell it is. Okay. So let's just say they sign him and they say, you're starting this Sunday, you're starting the next six games. Let's say he does horribly. Okay, well, the Kaepernick defenders are going to say, "Well, but he's on he's, he's on a, a he's on a terrible team. You didn't give him he didn't have a chance. They hadn't won a game before that." Okay, well, if he does great, now it's going to be see, look how good he is. They hadn't won a game. They hadn't won a game without him. You bring him in, and they went two and four with a garbage roster. Okay, well, now you go into next season, and you're the Bengals. Okay, well, what do you do if you don't bring him back as your starter? You're racist. If you draft a quarterback in the first round with the number 1 pick cuz you're probably going to have it and you're going to have you're going to ask Kaepernick to groom him or you're going to immediately or, replace or just the rookie compete. yeah you're going to but you you draft the kid you're going to replace Kaepernick, you're racist if you don't bring him back after he plays well you're racist so if you're a team what is the upside to bringing him in. If you're the Bears and you bring him in and he competes with Trubisky in, in preseason next year and it's dead even and they start Trubisky, well, you're racist. If it's dead even and you start Kaepernick and two weeks into the season you're 0-2 and you yank him, what are you yanking him for? What's that all about? You're ra- you, There's no upside to any team signing him because the football is no longer about the football. It's about everything else surrounding him. And it's unfortunate. It's too bad um, because I think the guy probably still has something left in the tank. He's only 32. Um, it's not like he was a bad quarterback. He wasn't. He was in the bottom tier. He was in the bottom half for sure. But like you said, Driscoll on the Lions – I mean, are you kidding me? The guy in the Bengals, whoever the hell that is, to me, the guy yeah, Fitz Fitzpatrick or or Rosen in Miami. If you thought that you could bring in Colin Kaepernick for your team 
and he could win you games and potentially take you to the playoffs, I think given what the NFL teams already deal with as far as baggage on some players, yeah. I mean, they have a domestic violence problem that's been well-documented. You handle the circus and the hoopla because you have the potential to win games. You don't bring him in as a backup right, or a right, third-teamer right. because then it's not worth it. When 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 Jerry Jones brought Greg Hardy back a couple of years ago and took all that shit for doing it, and rightfully so, yeah, Hardy was starting. They brought him in because they thought he was going to be a guy that was going to help take them over the top. Once they figured out that he wasn't any good anymore, gone. Winning seems to give you an excuse 100%. to do a lot of things. 100%. So uh, I'm – that – we spent a lot more time on that than I would have I anticipated. Have, I, I wasn't even prepared for I, it. But. I have a little bit of sympathy for Kaepernick only in the respect of in the last three years, uh, in, in his in his late prime, he wasn't able to play because of the actions of himself and others within the league. So I have a little bit of sympathy for him for that. But his actions after the fact with some of the things he said, suing the league, wearing some questionable clothing with intended messages behind him because you don't do that. And even the other day, getting up in front of the media, not taking any questions, and basically daring or challenging the NFL and the ownership to quote-unquote stop running. Yeah. I, I just don't see anybody ever calling him again. No. I, I think I think it's over for him, and I think Saturday was the end of the road. Yeah. So. All right, looking ahead to uh, this week, we'll just blow through the Week 11 matchups. Thursday night has a potential for a, a decent game with uh, Indianapolis at, uh, at at the Texans. Well, yeah, and like I said, the Colts won the first matchup, so if they can win on Thursday, they're really in the driver's seat to win that division. Tampa Bay visits Atlanta. This could be another one. The Buccaneers haven't seemed all there, while the Falcons seem to have some sort of resurgence. I don't know that Atlanta can come all the way back. From... This game could be fifty to forty, or yeah. it could be seventeen to seven. I have no clue what what's going to happen. Broncos at the Bills. No thanks. That's going to be a defensive struggle. Giants at the Bears. You are no. Thank you. That one. <laughs> I'll watch just because we do the right. podcast, but right. I'm going to hate watch the shit out of it. See, that's see, that's not a bad thing. No, it is. Steelers at the Bengals. Cincinnati going to be zero and whatever after this. Um, Dolphins at the Browns. Oh, and we didn't even talk about the Miles Garrett I thing. I didn't even want. I, Jesus, honestly, I don't. If you want to, we can. No, we don't have to. It's just, I'm just. It was a little over. I mean, I saw a video of Kyle Long do that in the preseason to a teammate, and he got suspended for a week. It happens. It's just unfortunate for Miles Garrett that it happened on Thursday Night Football with a hundred or you know with ten million people watching. Only act in town. Yeah. 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 But the, and we are in this. We're in the outrage culture, yeah, that's and that's right. just what we do. Yep. Uh, let's see. Saints host the Panthers. Panthers haven't put together a, a good game, and which I what did I hear? I was I don't know who I was I was listening to, but the the Panthers got into the red zone or inside the ten yard line, and they had a first and goal, and they threw it four times, and not once did they try and target Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Which, to I, me, I, I, I whoever's calling the plays needs to be immediately fired. Because that was an MVP candidate yeah. guy. Yeah. And and he's your best guy. Well, that was like... And you don't even go at him. Julio Jones didn't score a touchdown for like a year and a half. He's six foot six. Anytime I'm in the side of the 10, just, I'm just throwing throw it. it to him four times. Right. It's like, what are these coaches Put four doing? Four guys over there will single match up. You just, just go, go get me a touchdown. Uh, Jets hosting the Raiders. No thanks. Uh, this should be a good one. Yeah. Seahawks at the Eagles. Big game for the Eagles. Right, Got- right now, looking at that, that's probably your best game on the docket. Yep. That, uh, that maybe the Monday night game or the, well, the Sunday night game, but yeah, yeah. There's a couple of good ones this week. There's a lot of bad ones as well, yes, like, like the Lions well, at the Redskins. When half the league's sub 500. Jeff Driscoll against Dwayne Haskins. Talk to me. Uh, as the brain would say, who? <laughs> Titans host the Jaguars. Uh, the Cowboys at the Patriots. That'll be interesting. That, that is the potential to yep. be okay. Um, Sunday night football, you mentioned the Packers at the 49ers. We already talked about that. And then Monday night, the Rams uh, hosting the Ravens, which, I mean, the, even with the victory last night, the Rams just aren't the same team Mm-mm. this year. No, they're not. They're, they're just not. Um, 
Minnesota has, what did I read today, though? Their latest buy in the league, second latest buy since like 1999. Hmm. Um, so they have a chance to get healthy. Is late. this the last bye week? It's a good question. I'm not sure. I Maybe you might have, have one more. So. Really? I don't know. Well, it, what are we, week 12? It, yeah, it's this getting might late. be it. This might be it. late. So Chiefs, Vikings, maybe Adam Thielen now finally comes back. The Cardinals and the Chargers all have buys coming up uh, this week after tonight. And that is your 40 minutes of NFL stuff here on the Intentional Foul. We can switch to the Badgers. I didn't get a chance to watch um, a lot of the the Wisconsin-Nebraska game. Seemed like Jonathan Taylor owns the Cornhuskers. Um, he he in his I think post he's got game, like 800 yards in three games or something like he that. He credited the coaching staff. He got Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. Um, Aaron Crookshank for his kick return. He got Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. Um, and I I just I mean, Wisconsin has problems against this spread offense, and they really always have. They're just lucky that Adrian Martinez is just not that good. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they have a good defense, but they don't have an uh, an overly fast right. defense. Yes. No, I mean, I mean, if you if you set them up like against an Iowa, you you can you can do damage. Sure, Be, because we can we can get physical. Well, with our you. our beef is as good as your beef. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, and our and our linebackers are are really really good. Um, Jonathan Taylor now owns the rushing record for um, guys who've been in the league for three years. Uh, he just passed Herschel Walker. That's awesome. And, but really, people expected Wisconsin to win. I was talking to Ben Wargle last Friday, and he even flat out said Nebraska stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the bigger story, and I I feel kind of cheated because I bought into Minnesota. I did, and I think a lot of other people did. Did you too. watch any of that game? I watched Saturday? a little bit of it. Yeah, I caught I caught a little bit of the end. But the first half, you're like, this is going to be a blowout. Um, but and then I watched the first couple of series of the second half, and Minnesota came out and changed some things, and they mm-hmm. and and they really took it to them. Um, but Iowa had just enough to beat them. So uh, and it, again, it really surprised me that going in there, that Minnesota was not was the underdog. Yeah, I know. I thought by so too. two and a half points. Yeah. But then I read this morning they haven't won at Kadik since 1999. Wow. And they haven't won in the series, I think, in the last nine matchups. Something about ranked teams going over there. I don't get it. I mean, is it is it just because it's it, freaking Iowa and it's, it's the in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's bizarre. But what this does now in the Big Ten is it opens up Wisconsin to hold the tiebreaker and win the Big Ten West and then go get absolutely piss-pounded in Indianapolis by Ohio State. Again. And then be a three-loss Rose Bowl team. And then have Matt LaPay and Lucas get mad at the fans See, for going again. But don't they take the? <laughs> they don't take the runner up of the Big I Ten title I, game. I don't know how it works. I think it's work. the highest ranked Big Ten team after that. So even if Wisconsin gets in there and loses, they're not going to be the highest ranked team. They're not going to go to the Rose Bowl. I think that's how that works. But I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. I'm not sure. I, I guess it depends on how everybody else fares. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe I'm wrong. You I don't know. know. Um, yeah, but, I don't know if a does a one or two loss Penn State right, team move ahead. I, mean, I don't who's know. Ranked, let's say they get up to eighth, and Wisconsin but, is still in the teens. But Badger fans do travel, you know, and that is a draw for a lot of these bowls, especially when you get, you know, when the bowl doesn't fall into the playoff, and it doesn't mean as much to be able to fill those stadiums. I mean, you watch enough of those bowl games of yep. empty stadiums. There's nobody. Who did I watch the other night? Oh my god! I, and I, I'm going to watch tomorrow because it's football. And we're getting here to the last couple of weeks of college. God, I was watching a Mac game, and the weather was terrible. But it was like, oh, my God, it was Eastern Michigan and somebody. There had to have been maybe 200 people there. <laughs> and I, 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 I think the cameras, when they were showing the sideline, they weren't going purposely too far into the stands. Right. Because there was nobody there, and it was embarrassing. And you've got to think these announcers from ESPN – whether it's the U, whether it's the Deuce, whatever. These guys are professional broadcast teams, mm-hmm. and they're sent to this backwater mid-American conference city to go do this yeah. on, a, on a nationally televised night. And they get there, and they see how many people are there, and they're like, this is ridiculous. I need a pay raise. Well, it was kind of the same thing in the Badger basketball game on Monday or Tuesday whenever they played McNeese. They had Levering and Ben Brust calling the game because they're – they live here. Right. And like they showed the student section and there was like nine kids there. Yeah. You know. So it's like, yeah, well, that happens. So that's that's what's gonna happen in the Big Ten. That's I mean, again, a potential showdown. I think Minnesota's got Northwestern next. 
And uh, yes, I, mean, I believe you're right, and and that should be fine. Uh, there are uh, Wisconsin opened up as twenty two and a half point favorites over Purdue for Senior Night. Badgers are usually always good for Senior Day. Um, so I, I I was laughing my ass off because I get the lines every week because I'm in a I'm in a pool for college and and football. Yeah, I got to you know pick five games sure. a week. Ohio State was like fifty six point Rutgers. favorite on Rutgers. Yeah. I thought. That's insane. Well, did and they you, didn't end up covering. No, no they didn't. But Do, it's like, that's nuts. And I saw the line because I'm in a similar uh, thing with with my cousin Michael and a bunch of buddies, and we need to pick five games total between the pros in college, right. and, we, and, and we get the lines. And I saw Northwestern played UMass. Mm-hmm. And Northwestern, I don't think, has won a Big Ten game yet. And they were like 30-point-some favorites against UMass. And I was like, Wow. UMass, I know, is is a step below in in the FCS, yeah. but but against be, Northwestern, but being a fifty point yeah. favorite in a conference, conference game, yeah, that's right. That's embarrassing it for is. the Big Ten, oh, for sure. But they had to add him, had to add him. Yeah, I'm sure that's brought. I don't you. know what anything that Rutgers has brought to any sport in the Big Ten. East Coast market, man. I mean that's where that's where the 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 people that rail on the NCAA these are the kind of cases that you have to bring up where it's like this is bringing them in and doing what they do it's total money grab total money grab that's right all right let's move on to college hoops I'm I'm sure you watched every second of uh, of yesterday I got to watch a little bit of it before we hit the road I think we at least watched the first half Um, you you mentioned Wisconsin beat McNeese State and then uh, and then against Marquette and they actually shot pretty well. They did. I mean, they they the Badgers by far played their best game. They shot the lights out, eleven for twenty three from three. Um, you know, going into I think half at halftime of the McNeese game, I think as a team they were shooting about twenty cent twenty percent from three through two their first two and a half games. So, um, they played well. They shot well. Marquette did not shoot well. Um, you know, give the Badgers credit. They they made it tough on on Marquette. Um, twenty, I think it was twenty-four points. The Badgers scored off of fifteen Marquette turnovers. Um, Badgers had six players in double figures. I, I can't imagine that happening again this season. <laughs> um, Brevin uh, Pritzel played the, the great, greatest double, game yep. of his career. Yep. You know, and fifteen points, thirteen rebounds. And you know what? Uh, good for him. He's a senior. It's a rivalry game. I get it. Um, but. I, I don't think you're going to see that very often during the Big Ten season. He he might have a couple games where he scores double digits. He hits a couple threes, but sure. 13 rebounds is is kind of uh, an odd thing to see out of him. Um, you know, Marquette just really the, the this the problems that I've seen from them early on this year, the same problems they have had in the in the past under Wojo. They're just very sloppy. They turn the ball over too much. I think at times they play way, way too fast. Um, I think they had six or seven traveling calls against them yesterday. Um, That just can't happen. That's just being out of control. A couple in a row down there. You're just out of control. You're you're not running your stuff. Um, They really, really, really struggle to score when Marcus Howard's not on the floor. Or when he is on the floor and struggling. How's this Kobe McEwen kid? Is he? He's a good player. Okay. Um, I think he's got some potential. You know, down the road, he's he's a redshirt sophomore. Um, I, he came from Utah State, is where he played his freshman Cause he, year. Because he's led them the last two games. Yeah, he, he's 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 kind of a combo guard. I wouldn't call him a point guard. He's not necessarily a shooting guard, but he's kind of a combo guy. That um, as the year goes on, he will get better. But okay. you know, Marquette, Brendan Bailey, Sakar Anum, and Theo John—three guys that start for him. Um, they had two points and were one for ten, one for twelve from the field Can't yesterday. Get that from your starters. Not on the road. You just got no chance. And it's too bad for them. They had a really, really nice win against Purdue on Wednesday. Yeah. They were down, I think, eighteen at the late in the first half. Came back and won by ten against the Purdue team that I am not sure how good they are, but. You know, Matt Painter's a good coach. They've got a good, solid program. So I thought going into the Badger game that it would be a little bit more competitive. But um, like I said, the Badgers played well. Marquette did not. So uh kind of sucks this game was so early. Yeah. You know, early. The Big Ten went to this 20-game schedule now, which, you know, that's fine. I think in order to call yourself a conference champion, you really need to play everybody the same amount of times. So I, I like that. but. 
again, with the money grab of bringing in a Rutgers and a Nebraska and a Maryland, it, it kind of screws rivalries like this one. This was usually played the first weekend of December, eighth or ninth game. Kind of figured yourself out. Um, it was just very early this year, and, and you could tell with the sloppiness. Sure. It just wasn't a very crisp game. I think at one point in the first half, with like four minutes to go, it was like 18 to 11. I mean, that's just not what most people want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Badgers got Green Bay coming up uh, in a couple days at home. Marquette's got uh, Robert Morris at home. So just one game for each team this week. Uh, but, you know, win or lose, it's nice for bragging rights for, for the Badgers to win this year. They lost, I think, three of the previous four. Um, this is not a bad loss for Marquette at all. No. Third game of the season on the road. Um, so I think they'll, they'll both be fine going right. forward. All right, we move to the NBA. Our last uh, topic and the Bucks they play tonight. Uh, they take on the Bulls. They played them last Thursday at the Fiserv. Nine-point win there. Uh, they beat the Pacers this weekend as well. Chicago, who is this Kobe White guy? Rookie from North Carolina. He's been probably one of, if not their best player so far this season. Absolutely. Um I watched him a couple times last year in college, and I guess I didn't realize he was a, a good perimeter shooter because yeah. he was—he is one of the four or five fastest dudes with the ball I've ever seen. Okay, and in that Roy Williams up and down sprinter pace, that's what he was doing was just getting layups. So he didn't really have to showcase the jumper as much, but. I think the other night he had a game. He made seven, seven threes, threes in the fourth in quarter. Fourth quarter, yeah. and he was lighting the bucks up the other night. And you know, I got some friends that are Bulls fans, and we were talking the other night. And the Bulls got a lot of young talent. They just don't have anybody that is going to be a star. You know, they got Kobe White, Zach Levine, Markinen, nice young guys, but. I don't know that any of them are guys that you're necessarily going to build around. It may be a case where you you try to accumulate as much talent as you can for when an Anthony Davis-type guy comes available, you can make one of those big blockbuster trades because um, it, it kind of reminded me of the Bulls from a few years ago when they had, like, Heinrich, Ben Gordon, <laughs> um, you know, the, the – early young Noah were like they were good they would win 50 games but then you get to the playoffs and you run into they would run into Shaq and Wade or you run into LeBron and you just don't have a guy to go to that extra level I kind of see that with this Bulls team I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs this year um but they they got some they got some ways to go but Bucks are playing well nine and three second in the east um I mean could be 12 and0 Blown two twenty point leads and got beat at the buzzer on the road in Utah at a place they never win. So they're they're a couple possessions away from being twelve and zero. Um, they're six and two on the road right now, which is the best road record in the league, uh, which is great to see. Um, you know, four games this week: both at Chicago tonight, at Atlanta Wednesday, home for the Trailblazers on Thursday, and home for Detroit Saturday. So busy week for uh, for the crew. Um, Interesting how they've been winning the last couple of nights, shooting in the twenty percent range from three. Yeah, as a team, yep. but but still able to come away with victories, which is really good to see. Uh, Bucks have way too much shooting on this team to go in any kind of prolonged slumps, but it's nice to see that they've been able to find some other ways to win. Um, Giannis again is is just continuing to dominate. Thirty points, fifteen boards, about seven assists a game. Uh, he broke his thirty point streak. The other night against Indiana, he had six games in a row of scoring 30, but the Bucks were up so much, they took him out. Uh, disappointed, didn't get to see Brogdon. Um, sat out with back spasms, um, or what I would call the Giannis flu. <laughs> didn't want to see his boy. Yeah. Um, but Indiana, they're they're going to be, you know, they're pretty banged up right now, but they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the East. But uh, obviously Middleton's been out. Budenholzer decided to go with DiVincenzo in that spot, and I like that. Um, you know, put the young guy in there and let him kind of get into the game right away and see see how he's going. And then it it, it also you don't screw with your bench rotation. They got a they kind of got a nice thing going with Connaughton and and Sterling Brown coming in um, to kind of fill into that that small forward shooting guard spot. So um, 
And and Bledsoe's continued to play well. He had thirty the other night against the Bulls. They keep replaying that that out of bounds. Yeah, there. He just yeah. Locked it. he's got to live that one down. But <laughs> so great. But hey, he's been playing really well. And with Middleton going to miss three or four weeks, um, he's got an opportunity to put himself in position to uh, be considered for an All Star. He he was uh, on the fringe last year. Middleton got in. He did not. Um, you know, and I I know a lot of people would say you know whatever big deal it doesn't matter. I think for a guy like Bledsoe, um, with some of the the struggles he's had in the postseason the last couple years, which most of them are between the ears, mm-hmm. I think for him to you know to make All Defense last year, if he were to make an All Star team this year, I don't think that can, that could be anything but positive for him going forward. It, it just kind of you know reinforces that you're on that level and you can do those things. And Giannis has even come out and said like, you know. When when Bledsoe is playing downhill and attacking the basket, Giannis really feeds off of that. Mm-hmm. He gives them a lot of energy. He's you know he's kind of a bulldog. I heard I, Pat Connaughton. I think he called him. He's like basically just a muscle. Okay. Bledsoe is just like a he's like a, a clenched muscle. fist at all times. Okay. You know he's like a what they used to call uh, Jones Drew pocket Hercules. <laughs> That's kind of what Bledsoe is. He's just built like a brick shit house, but he's only six <laughs> one. So, um, all right, you know, it's nice to see. Hopefully, the Bucks can keep it up. Uh, you know, like I said, four games this week. You know, I always look at these these little segments of the season: two at home, two on the road. Go three and one. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd be sitting at twelve and four. That's a pretty nice spot. Sure. You know, I mean, you break it down. I think the Bucks were seven and three after ten games. That extrapolates out to about fifty eight wins, which is kind of right where. Everybody thinks they're going to be. Right. You didn't think they'd hit 60 again. Yeah. But, yeah. So, um, okay. all in all, things are going well. And, um, you know, the last NBA thing I'll hit, I just wanted to give a, a happy birthday shout-out to one of my idols, White Chocolate, Jason Williams. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't heard that guy's one of the forever. One of the great ball-handling wizards to ever play yeah. in the NBA. All right. Um, it was fun today on Twitter. There was a lot of highlights of some of his, his passes and his dribbling. Um, brought back a lot of memories. I, I'll never forget the one he pulled in the rookie game. I think it was 2000. He threw it. He was dribbling with his left hand. He went behind his back and hit it with his right elbow, and it went right to Rafe LaFrentz on the trail. And, I mean, I, I think we probably practiced that pass for a 1,000 hours in, in high school and college and, I mean, might have completed it once. <laughs> and he did it in an NBA game going full speed. I mean, it's just. Pretty funny stuff. If you if you got some time, go back and YouTube right. him. He's he was a pretty fun dude to watch. All right, late breaking stuff before we wrap it up here. We're we're almost going to touch the hour mark. Big announcement in Milwaukee today for the Brewers, and we have now seen the five logos that they will be using a mishmash of on a combination for this year. And I'm just showing these to you for the first time. And I guess, what is your initial reaction just looking at those? Because gone is the curly M with the with the wheat grain. Right. I'm okay with that. Or the barley, whatever it is. They got the. They brought back what uh, appears to be the Barrel Man, which the is the original. Yep. That's the original logo. I like the M in the middle of the state of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, the ball and glove logo. It's it's been a little bit tweaked. Tweet. I don't like the tweak. Okay. I would just assume they stayed with the original one. Right. Um, they got a the ball and glove inside of a circle with Milwaukee Brewers. That's, okay, that's fine. And then the last one it's looks a like a baseball, baseball with instead of laces, they use the, the wheat barley. Okay. That's okay. okay. I mean, that doesn't really scream Milwaukee Brewers to me. Well, but Maybe they won't use that one very much. Yeah. So that's, they're, they're all right. They're I all mean, right. I, you know, it's, the ball and glove to me is... It's one of those iconic ones that I just don't think you got to screw with. Correct. You know, I mean, could you imagine if the Packers oh, came out with like a no, like a different looking G? People would lose their minds. Yes. There's just some things that I I don't think you should for, screw with for a fan I'm, base. I'm I'm all good with the alternative logos. Yes. Whatever you want to do, so, that's cool. If you want to make money that way and do that kind of stuff, Brooke that's, Lo- that's Brooke, fine. Brooke Lopez was wearing a pretty cool looking brewer hat the other night that was designed by Yelich. Okay. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't. It was like a red, white, and blue brewer emblem on the hat. Um, looked pretty cool, and he said that he saw Yelich designed it, 
and they're both California guys, and All he right. wanted to represent the crew. I love that. That's cool. But the main logo, just just leave that. <laughs> just leave that. Plus, I don't want to have to buy all new shit. <laughs> you gotta do, you I got so much brewer shit in my bar out here. I, right. I don't need to spend any more on that. All right. Come on, man. That is the intentional foul for this week. We will be knee-deep into the high school basketball season yeah. next week. Maybe we'll, we'll start Friday. Yeah, start Friday night. We have a game on Saturday. We'll touch a little bit uh, on that and what we can expect from the season and the teams that we cover. And uh, dip into that uh, next week, and we'll see where we are with uh, Packers and Bears and basketball and all kinds of other stuff, Badgers. So, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Follow. Dan and I are both on there. You can give us feedback whenever you want. And as Drew Olson says, tell your friends. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Go Bucks.